0: Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my blog, where it is both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of giving you inspiration, specific takeaways, all that way your journey can be at least a little bit easier. Now, before I fully dive into everything, I would love to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. That way you get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So, a couple of sort of uh, quick things um, that I want to mention. Um, So, recently I was interviewed for two separate publications, one called uh, Shout Out LA and one called Canvas Rebel. Uh, Both of those articles have been published. Um, I've linked to them below in the description, so that way you can check them out. You know, and if you've been sort of with me on this journey, you'll know a lot of it, um, but sometimes it's good to have like a refresher or, you know, seeing a different context as in the written word. And yeah, basically with the Shout Out LA piece, I talk about sort of my process, my goals and things of that nature. Um, the Canvas Rebel one is more geared towards my, my hiring process when I do hire people for my various projects. Um, you know, they asked me about NFTs, and I kind of gave, uh, you know, under the circumstances, I gave the best answer that I could um, simply because, you know, I mean, there's, there's so nuance and stuff like that. But, you know, if you're curious about any of those things, you know, check, check them out. As I said, they're linked to in the description box. So, yeah, you know, they're pretty quick and simple reads. And, uh, yeah, let me know what you think if you do. The other thing, um, so if you've been tracking me, especially the vlogs for the past, uh, you know, even just a couple of weeks, if not months, but uh, you'll know that I'm really big currently into studying animated movies, anime specifically. And there's this movie coming out uh, called Lonely Castle in the Mirror. And it's a movie that's like playing in theaters but only as a two night event, uh, June 21 and June 22nd. And it's unfortunate because just timing wise this week I've got so much other stuff that like conflicts with this. um, And I really wanted to see it. And you know, I've been looking for alternative ways to see it, you know, like when does it come out on streaming or can I buy a blu-ray of it you know will it scream in more places like is it really just for these two nights and um, as of right now that's all like their official website has and things of that nature there's no further dates of you know when it will be more available and stuff like that but just want to if anything just kind of put it on your radar maybe you might be interested in this movie you know lonely castle in the mirror if you want to check that out See what it's all about, and you know if you have the opportunity, go check it out. And it would be very curious to see what you think. You know, I only seen the trailer once, um, and it seems it's basically about this group of kids. Um, you know, it's a coming of age story. It seems like you know, it seems like an ensemble piece, and they end up in this castle that is going to grant them. A wish of sorts like a grand wish um but for them it seems like the conflict is they essentially avoid doing that because they've created such a kinship in this place so that to me is very interesting you know it seems like a very fantastic story but grounded very much in human depth right and that's what i truly appreciate um it looks good I think it'll be good. Um, It's based off of, you know, a very successful book. Um, I've not read the book, so I can't speak for that. Uh, I just know that that's the case. So yeah, if that's interesting to you, you know, um, be sort of my ally and uh, go out, check it out and let me know what you think. June 21st and June 22nd. It will be out in theaters for those two nights only. Um, And it's not even for me, the issue is not that it's out only like those two days. It's that, at least for me, there's only 7 p.m. screenings. And that's it, right? So no matter what theater is going to be playing it, it's just the one-time slot. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I can't do either of those times on those days. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Nonetheless, you know, sort of my public service announcement (laughs) for you, you know, because maybe that's something of interest. As far as me, you know, what I've been up to, uh, I will say I've been posting less episodes um, recently and that's simply because I've been more focusing on just getting getting the latest revision of the script that I'm working on done. And last week, what really, you know, was a step backwards, but in many ways it created a trajectory forward and you know, that seems to be a theme of how I tend to write, right? You know, a couple steps forward, go back, couple steps forward, go back. And, you know, one of the things I posted last week was essentially a character slash story beat sheet. And, you know, you can check out that video um, or that episode, I'll link to that as well. And it talks about you know, the, the the process of how I made this. And essentially it's an Excel sheet and has all the characters in a column and I can track, you know, what they're doing on screen, off screen and things of that nature, right? So it's very, you know, it's summarized and I, I have a macro view of the story because, um, you know, when you write a script, you're starting to get into the weeds, especially with the story that I'm telling. You want the details to be fully realized But obviously you need to be consistent and make sense and not have plot holes. So you need to be able to take a larger view of the macro. So it's a very... It's a very sort of um, arduous, if you will, process of being the minutiae, yet having that bird's eye view. And this kind of helps me do that. And so that's been a major breakthrough. So, you know, I wasn't... uh, making revisions per se on the script, but this allowed me to have that. And now um, I've essentially like gone back and revised the first 15 pages to be a lot stronger, have more consistency and create a better runway for the rest of the story, right? Um, You know, because the eventual plot holes that I was dealing with, you know, they were as, uh, because of results of, the beginning, right? And so, you know, I introduce a couple things in there, layer it in, make things stronger, clarify things, and, you know, that's, that's sort of been very helpful, right? And I know that doesn't, you know, talking about it is not as exciting, right? Writing, you know, the process of writing for all intents and purposes is really quite boring. It's the final product that is actually exciting. Um, at least, you know, to the outsider, but it's been, it's been great. And, you know, tomorrow I have a meeting with a couple of my collaborators, um, based on just a couple of the revisions and stuff like that. So it'll be great to get their feedback, um, at this milestone, right. Um, you know, because sometimes know the questions that arise for me it's like yeah i could spend the time go through it and finish the entire script but that's a lot of time when you know there's stuff that i'm unsure about or could be finessed at an earlier point right so it's great to have their input you know, at these various benchmarks. And so I'm excited for that. I'll report back on that next week. And overall, my goal is to, now that I have this and, you know, um, their input and stuff like that, to finish the revision of the draft before, or by the end, rather, of June. And it would be great. Um, We'll see what shape that script is in, but it would be fantastic if it was in good enough shape where we agree with that. like it's strong, couple changes, sure, we'll make those revisions. But after that, you know, we can start to get into a table read of, of other people who have never interacted with this story and get their feedback. So we'll see, I mean, who knows? Uh, well where we'll be at all I can control is the time that I put in. and as I said as a as a goal for myself, the end of June is kind of what I'm aiming for. So yeah, that's gonna be uh, you know what, what I'll be working on and that's why if you see less episodes posted, it's because of that you know, I'm putting in the time for that. And I think there's a lesson in there, you know, overall, you know, for me, I look at, At this point, about 1,500 episodes that I've done, you know, lessons that I've created and stuff like that. And so, you know, there's this sort of inherent desire, right? I wanna continue to share and like I continue to gain new insights and new techniques and stuff like that. And so, my desire is always to be able to share that with you um, as soon as possible, right? But I also know that the the older episodes are still valuable, right? And so kind of part of my, you know, uh, essentially taking my own advice is to repost some of that stuff, highlight it. um, So that way, you know, people who might've missed it initially are, are aware of it and they can get the benefits of it. Things of that nature. And also just giving myself that grace that, you know, um, yes, of course, this is important to me to put out all of this this stuff, right? And to interact with you and, and give you the best stuff. But what really fuels that is, you know, my knowledge of d- doing all the other stuff, right? And, um, you know, at a certain point, like, it's like, what's... What's the priority, right? And um, the priority, you know, of course, like in in terms of everything is my work, then the work I do on the side with people. Um, And then because that, that all that allows me to be able to create my projects, right? And so then, of course, my projects are important. And, you know, this is kind of, this is, I would say, like fourth in there it's not to say, as I said, it's not that it's not important to me, but we all have to prioritize based on um, certain things, right? We can't do it all. Just like I tell people, you know, it's like, listen, pick one or two and focus on those. And it's not to say you can't do the other ones, just not right now. And, you know, obviously in the past and certainly in the future, I will continue to integrate the two together, but for the time being... Um, I really want to just have the mental capacity and the time really to, you know, get the script done before the end of June, and I think that's doable, and so, yeah, you know, kind of practicing what I preach and giving myself that grace and all those things, and I know I'm repeating myself, but I think I think it's important to highlight that because we put this undue pressure on ourselves to do, you know, a million things all at once, and it's okay to take a break now and then Yeah, whether from all of it, you know, like going on a vacation, you know, I think that's that's certainly important. But also, you know, reprioritizing of like, okay, you know what, this is the deadline that I have to meet um, on this specific thing. So let me go ahead and, you know, do that. And then I'll get back into the swing of this other thing and resume that and everything will be ultimately fine, right? And that's the good part. So yeah. And speaking of that, you know, So June 20th is the one year anniversary of the premiere of A Bogota Trip. So my second feature film. And it's really exciting to think about that. Like, wow, it's been a whole year since that happened and what a magical night that was. And, you know, it's a nice segue because, you know, delivering that movie, you know, you can check back those old vlogs and, you know, episodes that I put out during that time period, but it was very much about, you know, focusing and, and just being like, okay, we got to deliver this movie. And I remember, you know, to deliver the movie, you essentially have to create a DCP, a digital, digital cinema package, um, which has to go to the theater by a certain date. So even though we premiered June 20th, I think, give or take, like June 10th was our deadline to deliver the DCP. So that meant by, you know, even earlier than that, we had to get the, the the completed movie to the the facility that makes the DCP because this isn't like just exporting out of an editing program. This is something that, you know, uh, first is doable on your own, but if you mess it up, it will not play. It's going to look horrible or whatever, and it, it was just a. a something that I didn't want to risk, right? Um, and so, you know, the cost of it was was better to just accept that and pay, you know, the fee to have a, a professional create it and not have to worry about it. And they could, you know, if they noticed anything, um, they could let me know and we could ju- adjust and all that, right? So, the point being that I had to get them the movie before that, you know, June 10th deadline. And when I backtrack it, yeah, May was like, we got accepted into the Marina Del Rey Film Festival and it was like, all right, now we got to deliver the movie by this deadline. And so that was, an, that was an instance of like, you know, it's go time, you know, everything else apart from, you know, work that has to get done, you know, kind of needs to take a back seat. Otherwise there's no movie to show anybody. And, you know, like most films, it really came down to the wire, Um, you know, but we got it done and I'll never forget that magical day when we did premiere, you know, it was a Monday night, June 20th and it was just so special, packed house, Um, you know, the the whole cast uh, crew that lived in LA was there. Um, we all afterwards shared the stage, you know, for the Q&A. Um, everyone participated in the Q&A. You know, you could check that out as well and all the red carpet interviews. It was just a very special night, you know, and I'll, I'll never forget that. Now, you know, a year later, it's fun to look back on that because, you know, we've gotten a distributor. The movie's not publicly available. It's finished off its filmed festival run and you know we're working on getting out there for the larger public in the right strategic ways so you know certainly don't worry i will keep you updated as far as all of that but yeah it's just kind of it's a wild thing you know um sometimes we don't take enough time to reflect and and appreciate our accomplishments and you know uh though not everyone from LA will be available to kind of do a one year anniversary um you know those who are from the casting crew we're going to do something this week to to get together probably like a sunday brunch and just see each other you know see people we haven't seen in quite a quite a while so that way we can um yeah just just reminisce right and and all that so looking forward to that um I want to mention my patreon um, you know if you appreciate what I do it's a way for you to connect with me on a more direct level obviously it's a way to support me, but it's a way for me to be able to help you you know with whatever you have in that sort of as i said more direct- one, uh way and there's only one tier it's ten dollars a month so you know, everyone gets the same thing. I, I, I just, I don't know, it feels cleaner to me in that way. So check that out if that's something of interest. Patreon.com slash uh, The other thing, you know, this past week that I got a chance to be a part of was I did a shoot for the Grammys and the Grammys uh, or the Recording Academy is, you know, the organization behind the Grammys is known they do a lot of very interesting stuff throughout the year. And, you know, they put on various kinds of events to connect musicians and so forth. And this was kind of uh, powered by women in the mix. It was this, it was an event by their Los Angeles chapter. And what it was, was um, essentially they, you know, there's this Leanne Rimes song called Awakening. And, you know, participants went to this recording studio called The Village, which has multiple studios in there. And multiple producers, um, for lack of a better term, would, would add their spin to the song. So there was, like, three different studios in use for this. And, yeah, they would take, like, that song and redo it essentially in ways that they wanted to right and it was really cool to see this happening you know for me I was a videographer for it so I bounced back and forth between the rooms whereas you know the participants themselves you know they signed up for a specific room and then they were essentially in that room for the for the whole day but you know, I got to see the thought processes and and the different teaching styles and so forth of these various, you know, uh, producers. And, you know, the vibe of the room obviously pushed it, you know, towards a certain direction. Um, It was just really cool to be a part of that. You know, the reason why it it, it was called Powered by Women in the Mix was because uh, the song itself, Leanne Rhymes' Awakening... uh, according to the people that made it was like uh, essentially made by 67% women, which is cool, right? Um, And so this was empowering women to, you know, learn, network, things of that nature. Um, You know, this is who it was geared towards. And it was wonderful to as I said, see the process, but then afterwards, hear the the, the products themselves. Um, you know, part of it, like, you know, for me, it 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 be, it be equivalent to me, like, if someone sat in my on on an editing session, video editing session of mine, and they had no idea, kind of. I mean, I have an idea of how music works, um, but in general, right, like that's not my strong suit. And, you know, in that sense, like they're working on the the minutest of details and you're hearing like one like fraction of the song and it might be a soloed aspect. So it's not even like the full thing. And you're just hearing that over and over. Um, So in a way, it's like, you know, it's like, how's this going to turn out, right? And then at the end of the day, you hear the thing and, you know, each person's song, the variations and, You're like, wow, okay, now I hear it. And it's so beautiful to, you know, compare and contrast. And it's not that any of them were better or worse than the others. It's just really cool to see three different styles and three different approaches to essentially the same song. Um, So that was was really cool to observe. and, And afterwards, you know, there was like a whole mixer aspect to it and getting to, you know, learn... The participants that took play that, that, that were a part of it, and you know, hearing their stories and stuff like that, yeah, it was just, it was just kind of fun. It's a really great day. I I really enjoyed that, um, and I'm thankful to you know be a part of these things. You know, um, and it's fun for me to be able to to work them right. For me, that's like an easy sort of way in to like socially speaking. When I have, a, like, I have a role, you know, that I know, like, to fulfill. Um, but to observe it and be a part of it. Like, that's 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 really cool. So, um, as I said, very, very grateful. The other thing, you know, as far as last week, there was this term that I saw on Instagram from Erwin Ir- McManus. And, you know, he was essentially stitching a video, so I don't know who the original person is, but um, that original person coined, I don't know if they coined or whatever, but like this this term was introduced to me certainly called radical responsibility. And it's sort of in line certainly with what I've been talking about, um, this idea that Just because something's not your fault doesn't mean it's not your responsibility. And also, especially when it comes to our relationships with people, um, we have to own 100% of whatever relationship with, whatever relationship it may be. So whether it's a lover, a family member, someone who cuts you off in traffic, a coworker, like you have to take 100% ownership of that responsibility. And so this just, gives it a name if you will and kind of extends it right and what erwin mcmanus added to it was this notion that you know people who don't want to take responsibility or or abdicate responsibility they're like well you know i have nothing to do with it whatever essentially become powerless but when you take on responsibility you step into your power and i like that notion I, i think um that really resonated with me um, so I'll, I'll link to you know that Instagram um, uh, post so you can kind of check it out yourself but it's something yeah that, that, that I that I agree with you know um, I the, the thing that I'm sort of grappling with I guess is like you know I think Certainly like radical responsibility intonates perhaps that like, okay, you know, climate change is your responsibility. Um, You know, uh, literally is your your responsibility, like everything, right? And, you know, certainly I'm someone who, you know, if I see trash nearby or something like that, like I'll just kind of pick it up and throw it away or something like that. Like I do try to um, do the right thing whenever possible. But obviously, you know, I think there's only so much you can do. And so you're much better off essentially like, you know, choosing, you know, it, 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 in a way it's like when people say like, well, what, what charity should I be a part of or donate to or whatever the case may be? And it's like, well, the thing of it is there's so many, unfortunately needy um, causes for lack of a better term out there that that you can't go wrong, right? Like, if you just are genuine and you give, then you really can't go wrong. You just have to pick something, right? And so, you know, that, that's, that's my only quandary um, with it is, like, to not overextend yourself and to, uh, you know, m- where it works against you, where all of a sudden now you're having anxiety because you're not able to fix everything. So I think... And I don't necessarily know what the solution or, I mean, perhaps I know the solution, but I don't know how to express that solution. Um, But I like the concept, you know, again, in spirit, it is very much aligned with my sort of way of thinking, right, as I mentioned. And which speaks to kind of a tangential aspect, but in a lot of ways in life, it's about looking inward, right? We try to fault others, you know, or, or, or we, we want others to fix problems. And it's like, that's not, that's not gonna do anything. And, and more recently, like, it's interesting. I have, a, I have a friend who is like affected by another person's actions. And again, it, it might not be that my friend's fault but it is their responsibility, right? And and so like, I mean, it's driving them insane. And they want the other person to change, but I know the other person won't change, right? And so it's like, we have to, a lot of times, you know, like all the therapy that I've done, right? It's everything that like I've had issues with, it's like, it's, it's more reflection on me than anything else. And the process, the journey has been looking inward rather than outward. It's like, why is this triggering me? You know, why is this upsetting me? You know, why am I so frustrated? Why am I letting this ruin my day and stuff like that? And yeah, it it, it really is that, you know? Um, So, it's an interesting aspect of us, all of us as humans, right? Like we, the ego, very much wants to point and blame and stuff like that, but really it's, it's us, right? It's like, why, why, why are we letting this affect us? Um, you know, uh, Byron Katie's podcast is wonderful. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with it, you know, you can check it out. But essentially she walks people through the work, you know, and what I mean by the work is you know that's what her term is for examining any beliefs that 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 are causing upset or sadness, whatever it may be for people. you know in fact, uh, a recent episode was you know about this woman who who's like former boyfriend um, you know let her know that he He loved her but only as a friend and then he loved someone else, right? That was the kind of like the starting position of the whole thing. And, uh, you know, the woman felt used, felt like her time was wasted and stuff like that, right? And, you know, this is about like an hour episode, you know, of inquiring about this belief through the doing you know doing the work which is like a series of questions six questions to to test that belief and you know try to free yourself of it and it's a very fascinating process and uh, again then talk about like looking inward then <laughs> that is you know that is very much looking inward and it's fascinating to you know be a fly on the wall of that process that's why I love I love Byron Katie's work um, She's phenomenal in the way that she is a guide to these questions and helps people to get rid of their limiting beliefs, you know, or beliefs that make them suffer. So it's really, really, really interesting. Um, Another sort of aspect, um, this is unrelated to what I've been talking about, but, um, you know, any of the freelance stuff that I've taken on, any, any stuff that's, like, consistent, one of the things um you know that that I'm sort of looking at is restructuring how I sort of price out certain things so because you know there there's certain shows now that um, you know might require more specification than the normal episode right that that I do for for a person, for a client. And so, you know, in my mind, it's like, okay, I can present them with two options. Um, I can either say, hey, I'll raise the overall price on a per episode basis, and that'll, you know, that'll cover it overall. And some weeks, you might not necessarily use it, but the times that you do, it balances out, and it'll be a, a little bit higher, but not by much. Whereas I can alternatively keep the same price on a per episode basis, but any like additional stuff um, will be like add-ons, let's say, right? And those will be priced out a little bit higher, um, you know, since you're not taking the discounted like per episode increase, right? So I don't know. Um, there might be other options and stuff like that, something still going through my mind, but um, but yeah, I think it's very interesting and you know, much like anything else, um, it has to be organic and stuff like that. And, and really it's just more so it's like, hey, let's, you know, um, at the end of the day, like I want to do a good show with everybody, but, um, you know, it's like, if this was the stuff that we agreed to, obviously I, I don't want to be taken advantage of. Right. And, um, you know, there's been enough times where I've been amenable and, and done, uh, you know, certainly, uh, Certainly, I want to do a good job and, and, and be there for people, but it's like, okay, you know, it's like that old saying, give, give, you give an inch and they take a mile sort of thing, and it's like, okay, let's reel it in, you know? Um, but I think, you know, speaking to the responsibility aspect, it's like, you know, I don't need to be upset by it. You know, I certainly allowed X, Y, and Z, and now it's about just readjusting, right? And letting them know, and, and certainly in the past, I've let them know of like, okay, well, so, you know, this this is a little you know, don't take advantage. I'll do this this time, but don't take advantage of it, that type of thing. So, yeah, you know, I've said it before, you know, borrowing from Tim Ferriss, the quality of her life is directly proportional to the amount of hard conversations you're willing to have. And not that this is, you know, a hard conversation necessarily, but, um, you know, because sometimes hard might imply confrontational. But no, it's just about, you know, speaking what is and, and coming to a resolution, that's all. The last thing I wanna talk about is just sort of two things related to AI. Um, and certainly, like, it's been on my mind to do an updated episode on AI and where my thoughts are on it, but um, it requires a little bit more and I'm still kind of piecing certain things of how we wanna say them. But the, the two things that I do wanna talk about today as far as AI is concerned is, you know, someone brought up the notion that, listen, you know, whether it's uh, movie studios or whoever else, they they have it in their head that they wanna utilize AI, right? And so let's just take the movie studios. As far as writers are concerned, it's like movie studios want to use AI to help write. Rather than them, then let them dictate how AI will be utilized in the writing process, artists writers should take on that responsibility now whether or not that is the right approach I don't fully know in theory it makes sense to me um it aligns with my overall thinking you know I think you know in in anything you want to dictate and have agency within the conversation as much as possible and certainly if you know, a writer comes to the table and says, hey, here's how we can utilize AI rather than, you know, someone just telling you what to do. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think in any form of employment, we want to have at least a little bit of input, right? You know, and, and ha- rather than just be like <laughs> these gears in this um, machine, right? So in that same way, again, talk about like radical responsibility and looking inward. It's like, you know, let's let's bring solutions to the table. It's like, okay, clearly you want to utilize AI. Here's actually how we can utilize AI in a smart beneficial way for the writing process, right? Um, you know, certainly I am not a writer. I'm not part of the, well, I am a writer, um, but I'm not part of the WGA, nor do I work with the movie studios. So in that way, I'm not affected, right? Um, And I don't say that arrogantly. I just say it as a statement of fact. But when it does come to AI, yeah, I I think about for myself what are the ways in which this can help me. And you know, I I talk a lot about with my friend. Like, I think you know, there's FOMO from a lot of people of like, oh, I got to jump on this AI trend, or I got to take advantage of this. I got to take, and it's like. Well, take, take advantage of it only if it makes sense with what you're doing. Because, you know, truthfully, I have tried various AI software and some of it is exciting. Other aspects of it is like, it, it, it's not quite there. It could get there, but it's not quite there. Or it's there, but it's not something that I need for my stuff. And it just complicates things. So... You know having that sort of wherewithal to know how things fit for you um, and that's sort of how i'm approaching it and you know if it helps you to that to that point um there's a new website that i learned about called futurepedia.io so the word future and then p-e-d-i-a like you know the encyclopedia wikipedia right except it's futurepedia.io and it's kind of like a you know an encyclopedia of ai tools and you can you know search for what you might be looking for and and there it's the whole directory which is a wonderful resource because you know oftentimes i'm even left wondering well there's so many ai tools that seem to crop up like what are they what do they do right um and so this is a resource for that so check it out helps you anyway uh, that's what i have for you this week um, thank you so much as always for taking that time to tune in i truly do appreciate it if you have any questions thoughts of your own as i'm sure you do um, whether about these topics or topics that i didn't cover you know likewise you can suggest things that you do want me to talk about you know comment down below or hit me up on social media at phil SpeedTech. would love to hear from you thank you so much and i hope to see you next time